Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by published author Jane Hilston. That never gets old, Stace. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm um, busy, but good. Busy and good. Yes, well, I think that's just the standard order of um, women today. Women and men, it, people everywhere, isn't it? I, I think we can just kind of count on the fact that we'll, we'll all be busy. Um, now, while I remember, we're going to introduce a new segment into each of our podcasts. And I've just remembered, which is why I'm just throwing it in on the fly. Good. <laughs> and that new segment is called Our Favourite Thing. Um, and because we've, we've published a couple of episodes, probably three or four episodes now, where we share some of our favourite things relating to, to business and wellbeing and um, all things Miss Bossy Boots, um, we thought we would actually include fortnightly updates of one favourite thing each. Okay, so I want to go first because uh, I've completely forgotten, but I am completely pumped um, to tell you about uh, two books that I'm reading or have read and am reading. So the first one is Baby You're Remarkable by Lorraine Murphy, and that's her third book, and I loved her first two, so it was no surprise that I also loved her third. I thought it was going to be very kind of just over the top and not really over the top and not really specific and just about ideas and not necessarily about how to implement them but it wasn't it was great and it was very um it made me feel really good to know that I'm not the only person trying to juggle babies and business and and all of that stuff and the second thing is I'm reading uh everything is figure outable by Marie Folio and not only does she look just absolutely fabulous on the cover I'm obsessed with this cover it's exactly what I want my cover to look like when I write my book Jane when I write my book um, but the book the content in it is just chock-a-block it's just highlighter central in my house so two books for me this um this week for our first fortnightly favorite things update well, thank you very much. And I am so thrilled that you are reading those two books. Can I please borrow them after you? Um, Marie Folio is actually visiting with Business Chicks. Did you book to that, Stace? No, because I thought we were going to book together and then I think it's sold out. Did you book without me? No, no, oh. I didn't book. Um, and I think it was, I don't know, I couldn't make the date or something. I couldn't remember. But then did you see who else was coming to town with business chicks? Yeah, um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Is that who you're talking oh, about? Oh, yes. And I was so sad for 24 hours after I saw that because I can't go and I'm gutted. Yeah, that will be awesome. I Do you know, know that she had a career on Broadway before she became Carrie Bradshaw? Oh, it doesn't surprise me, but I tell you where I came across Carrie Bradshaw, and that was back in the 80s when she starred in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And I think I watched Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which was all about her um, being a private school girl who gets like down to do it's always it was almost like a kind of 80s version of Dirty Dancing, but yeah. like much more LA or Boston, I think it was actually filmed in. Anyway, that's where I fell in love with Sarah Jessica way before Sex in the City. But do you know the question I did have, and I am getting to my favourite thing, people. But the question I did have is, I did think, but Sarah, what are you actually going to talk about mm. in a business in a business context? Because, like, I know she has got her own business, and she's obviously built an incredible brand. But I was looking for the description about what we'll walk away with, apart from being in the same room with SJP. That is your title. Like, you're all about the takeaway, all about the analytics. Like, yeah. <laughs> but 
Oh, who cares? Well, that I was thinking. I, I know. I was thinking that. But I think it was because I was like, I would have to move heaven and earth to Get be there. there. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure this is more than a fangirl dart no, down the highway, an eight-hour, nine-hour round trip to just see, like, yeah. you know, That's the amazing SJP. Yeah. Anyway. Decided not to in the end. Um, we want to hear from you, though. If you're going to either Marie Folio or um, Sarah Jessica Parker, we hate you and we want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so my favourite thing, uh, my I have a fabulous um, person who is now working for me and her name is Ellie. Shout out Woo-hoo, to you, shout out to Ellie. Ellie. Um, and she recently, because I've been on a lot of um, business road trips recently, she recently um, armed me with a whole stack of podcasts. And don't you love it when people just supply you with podcast suggestions that are completely stuff that you would never have actually stumbled, stumbled upon yourself? Yes. Um, and one of those, and this is what is going to be my favourite thing, it was a podcast called Why We Sleep and it was with um, Matthew Walker. It was episode seven. I think it's actually a series, Why We Sleep with Matthew Walker, and it was season three, episode seven. Um, and this was a podcast literally deep diving into the importance of sleep and more important, I guess more probably um, – integral in the in the messaging there was what happens to our bodies if we don't get enough sleep so you know it covers a lot of the typical stuff and some of the stuff that you might anticipate in terms of you know if you're having caffeine at certain times of day um, you know blue screens and all that sort of stuff and and how that does affect your circadian rhythms but it deep dives into the importance of each stage of sleep. So, you know, the rapid eye movement um, and then the light sleep and the heavy sleep, which I think is the rapid eye movement. Um, but the consequences of not getting sleep are not only the short-term consequences like fuzzy brain, and I get this massively, you know, fuzzy brain, not being able to concentrate, um, a much shorter fuse, you know, not having um, enough resilience in situations, not being able to kind of think clearly. Also, you know, your immune system starts to get run down and, and people are probably with familiar with the idea of, of sleep debt, you know, what happens when your body um, goes into debt with, with as much sleep as it's getting. Um, but the longer-term effects, and they, there was some really good research that they cited around um, the chronic illness that can be a result of, of lack of sleep. It was a fascinating podcast and something that I think in terms of, of business people who are, who are juggling, you know, um, businesses and kids and life, you know, sleep is something that sometimes is, is really compromised. But, you know, this this podcast for me just really reinforced the importance of making sure you're getting solid sleep and enough of it. Love it. I am. Um, we're recording this in the radio station um, here in town where I used to work, and this was a place where I didn't get enough sleep when I worked here because there were the early mornings just killed me, and I didn't. I wasn't of an age where I could actually go to bed early and do the right thing by my body. I was still like just not even 30 yet. I was still in my 20s and still like, yeah, I'll go out for dinner. That'll be fine. And so the like even the amount of times I had a cold while I worked here and the amount of um, crankiness 
just in my existence because I didn't get enough sleep. That now that I look back on it, I'm like, it's so obvious. Yeah. But I just had no idea at the time. So yeah, I will put that on my list, Jane. Thank you. That's quite okay. So we've we've shared our favourite things. We're going to do that every week, as I said. I'll pop the link to both, all three of those favourite things listed in the um, show notes um, so that you guys can access those easily. But today, um, we are actually going to talk about something um, that's a little bit deeper um, on an emotional level, and it's we're going to talk about the concept of overcoming fear. So what made you, this is your topic, Jane, you've picked this. What, where did this come from in your realm of your life at the moment? And what, what's taken us so long? When you said, let's talk about that, I was like, surely we've spoken about that before. We haven't. Yeah, and, and look, to be honest, <laughs> because we wing it, um, where it, where it did come from was me just going, what are we going to talk about? I feel like talking about something really meaty <laughs> today. What can we talk about that's, um, that I think is a topic that, that people will resonate with? Um, and I think fear is something that I am overcoming and have overcome a lot of um, in the last couple of years. A lot of my fear was completely unconscious and I think it's now that I've become really aware of what I'm fearful of um, that I have been able to kind of uh, put my fear in context and then also kind of link that and synchronise that fear with um, actions that I'm taking or behaviour that I'm exhibiting. For example, that might sound all a bit kind of pie in the sky. For example, um, I spoke recently about, you know, the imposter syndrome that I had when I was writing the book. Um, And the imposter syndrome kind of comes from a fear of how other people are actually going to um, perceive you or, you know, if people will judge you. And I I probably didn't realise how much I feared other people judging me until the last couple of, of years. So this is something that's come to light. And now when I kind of see myself stopping, if I feel myself stopping doing something, like if I feel myself actually um, not progressing with an opportunity because for whatever reason, I really try to think through that and go, what is the reason? Is the reason that the kind of logical reason, the logical bulldust that you're actually coming up with in your head or is it because you're actually fearful of an outcome here? And you've done that a couple of times, Jane, that you've um, we've talked about doing something or you've had a project that you've been working on that you just haven't got to and I've you know been checking in with you and going, how's that going? Like, is that working? And you've said, no, 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 I haven't. I'm trying to figure out what the roadblocks are. And you're talking about those roadblocks, right, that, that often – look like things that are quite practical but when you get to the underlying reason and sometimes the unconscious reason it, it's it's all out of fear yeah and I guess um, I've had so many conversations recently with people about why they're not doing things or why why they haven't progressed with you know a particular project or you know pursuing one of their goals and I see it straight away now. You know, you see it, I think you see it easily in other people. It's not something that you can kind of just go up to someone and say, I think you're actually really afraid and that's why you're not doing it. So yeah, good luck with that, with your D personality there, just 
Telling it like it is, Jane. See yeah. how that works out for you. Oh, and there's some people, and and if you are listening, and I have actually said that to you, that sh- there are some people that I <laughs> that I've said it to who I know c- who can take it. But Stace, you're an overly confident, and something that I have always admired about you is you don't seem to have this fear. You seem to just kind of approach everything with this with this what? amazing amount of confidence, and you exude. Um, complete lack of fear, in my opinion. Wow. Tell me about your fear. What? <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, well, I might come back to answering your question as a roundabout kind of thing, but I have been in the past year doing a lot of work on myself. And when you talk about seeing, you know, you, once you've realised it yourself, you see it in other people and you kind of can't unsee it, it becomes really obvious what I started thinking about when you said that was um, what I've been delving into is that a lot of my fear, and there is a lot of fear there, so it's lovely that I'm putting on the, the Stacey show and you can't see any of it, <laughs> um, but my underlying fear that things, you know, that things create roadblocks for me comes back to me not believing that I am enough. And then once I work on that, which is what I've been trying to work on, the feeling of actually, I don't really mind what you say because I know that I'm enough. I really don't mind that you're not going to buy my product or that you're not going to be my friend because I know that I'm enough. Like it's a really big, broad concept, but I've found that it's come into many different facets of my existence for the last little while. And now that I've realized that, I can pinpoint it and I can try and get rid of those, that, you know, nasty mean girl as Marissa um, Marissa M. Rossini yeah. calls it, um, I can get rid of those, that mean girl voice in the back of my head and go, actually, no, you, I don't need you. Thank you. Thank you. But I don't need you because I am enough. And that kind of shuts it down at times. So I guess to answer your question is I do have a lot of fear there, but I'm getting less and less the more I become comfortable with myself and where I'm at. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And it's Interesting to hear you, um, yeah, to, to say that you do have a lot of fear because you certainly don't come across as someone who has a lot of fear and probably to a lot of people I don't come across as, as someone that has Hell no. a lot of fear as well. But um, I do have, and, and I think it's the same as you, it's, it's the fear of not being enough and I know in my business and in my work in the past, and I and I still do because I think this is just ingrained in, in my personality, but because I've always felt like that bit of an imposter or that fear that I am not enough, I've always worked extra hard, mm. like 100 times harder to make up for this, you know, um, com- this, this, this fear that I have, which, which doesn't exist in the minds of other people. No. Um, having said that, so I guess the, the kind of spin on that is that I think because I have worked so hard, because I haven't been, I guess the opposite is arrogant. So the, the opposite is confident, but, but I guess the extreme opposite is arrogant because we've all met those people who have that kind of arrogance about them that they, you know, they, they believe that they are God's gift to this world and and they come in and they exude that um, 
that kind of overconfidence and it's off-putting. The, the, the kind of um, confidence that I was attracted to in my early 20s. Yeah. <laughs> that arrogance that I now I look back and go, oh, gross. Gosh, see, I don't even know whether I was ever attracted to it. You know, I think when oh, it was, was actually, you know, when it's right up on the other end of the extreme, um, it's so obvious. Do you know what I mean? To anyone in the and, and, and sometimes it's obvious. It, sometimes it's actually a fear in that person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah. that yeah. that and so they actually overcompensate it with that with that additional. But sometimes, rather than it being confident, it's it's arrogance. And I guess I was always really fearful of also being. You know, when you do kind of put on the confidence facade, you don't want to come across as arrogant. And I think women were particularly. Um, sensitive around that and we will often downplay um, uh, abilities because we don't want to be seen as arrogant and we don't want to build up people's expectations and let them down. But my point was, you know, I think what I've done to compensate for this fear of, of not being enough or but the other fear around that, Stace, is also fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so dreadfully, dreadfully, dreadfully fearful of of failing Um not that's that's both failing for for myself and and you know trying new things probably not so much though because i think when you fail on you for yourself it's it's only your ego that suffers there my main fear is is failing on behalf of a client do you know what i mean and and that's got a little bit of ego wrapped around it because a i would be absolutely gutted if a client felt that i had let them down um or that i had failed them but b there's a reputation, you know, that, that, that suffers as a result of that. But so f- for those two reasons, my fear of failure has really, really driven me to work extra hard and go that extra mile. So I kind of think innately that fear is, is, has almost kind of inspired a really good quality. Yeah, I think about fear in terms of my staff and so not necessarily fear for if I love the saying that if you're not failing, then you're not pushing hard enough yeah. and I'm I'm all about that and that's fail big and fail fast has been part of my motto for a very long time because I used to be very afraid of failure and now if I'm going to do it let's just really do it and then move on um but in terms of personal failure so that's my that's my personal failure motto but in terms of the business you know I lie awake at night hoping that I, my business doesn't fail because I know how many people in my community I support in terms of my staff. And it's not just about my ego if the business has a downturn. It's about the livelihood. And, um, you know, a lot of my staff are – I'm so lucky that a lot of my staff are very invested in what they do. Like they, being a teacher at PMPA is part of their makeup and part of their persona and part of their identity. If I – let that slip, that's a lot of responsibility. So, yeah, I kind of, I, I have it in two different mindsets, especially when it comes to the business and the importance of not failing. Yeah, and I completely get that. And um, you've just given me another reason to <laughs> not want to employ people. <laughs> I don't want to wait, lay awake at night worrying about that because that is so valid. You're absolutely right. So while my fear is about letting down you know, my clients, um, and I and I have a very deep and, and vested relationship with a lot of my clients, and I would absolutely take it really personally if I felt like I'd let them down. And I'd, it wouldn't just be on a professional level, it would be on a personal level as well. And I, I feel that for them. 
Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. When you've got several people who are relying on the the wages that you're paying, and as you said, that their identities can be tied up within the very culture and the tribe and the the business um, that you have created. That's absolutely a- another, you know, reason to to fear that that failure. Um, and isn't it funny? Because gosh, we keep ourselves awake with with so much of this fear. But as I said. I actually think it it generates, and I don't know whether it's the fight or flight response within us, you know, whether that fear is that kind of um, human drive for for survival. Um, so I think it's 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 not something that I don't wish that I had because I actually think by having that fear, it's driven me to become a much, much um, stronger person. Um, a much um, more responsible person, you know, someone that's a lot more accountable because that fear has kind of kept me kept me going. So fear is not something that I fear. The other, <laughs> there we go, pardon the pun, um, so much. Um, but now that I understand it, you know, I think I think I had to become conscious of it to understand it and then understand the role that it plays in you know in your life and and making you a better person. The other thing I would say is I think I reckon it was about at at the age of about 40 and at about the time when I got about 20 years of experience under my belt as a marketer, it just, it was like this, this one point that clicked in my life and, and probably an accumulation of events and, and happenings all at the same time, but that it suddenly clicked, my God, actually you, you're good at what you do. And now I think... And now I think I can go into meetings that I would really have, um, I would have really been um, quite tentative about and, and probably made excuses not to, to go to. You know, I can, I can go into situations, I can approach, you know, I can approach people that I perhaps would have found a billion reasons not to approach with the understanding that, do you know what? I'm really good at what I do. And there's going to be some people that don't like what I do or don't agree with what I do, and that's okay because they're not for me. Yeah, and that all comes back down to you know you're enough. Yes. So that clicked over. And it might also, like the first thing you said when you said you hit 40 and you felt that that click and that, that sense of, okay, I've, I've, I've got my stuff together, um, it's probably when you hit your 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell talks about 100%. in terms of being an expert um, in whatever it is that you put your passion and your you know, practice into. But if you – I guess what I want to say is that if you're listening and you're not – you're like you don't have to wait till 40 or you don't have to wait till your 10,000 hours, you have that confidence in what you know and what you're talking about because you know that you're enough. You know that when you walk into the room, you're going to bring value. You know that when you step into that arena – and we are talking about stepping into the arena, those mm. Brene Brown fans, um, that you've you've got what it takes and that some people, it won't work for some people and that that's okay. And that's you going, I am enough. Yeah. And I would counter that though, because I think there's some people that don't know they're enough and I didn't know that I was enough. And it actually took me going through a process of telling myself and, you know, undergoing some professional development around that. And then the 10,000 hours, like it was a combination of things, but I did not know that at all. I should have known it, but I didn't. And I actually had to, I had to take ownership of that and do the work. Yeah. And it's about um, knowing, it's about that being the core of stuff. And so instead of on the surface saying, oh, okay, well, I'm fearful of 
change or I'm fearful of this project. Let's fix that. If you go down deeper and do the work and go to the core of it and get comfortable with the actually I am enough, then the things on the surface kind of all fall into place. At least that's what I've found. So, and for women, it's so important. And the other thing, which is probably a little bit more pragmatic and probably a little bit more uh, the way I roll, I've also got to the point where I, the, the biggest question is not so much, because I feel, I always feel like an, um, a bit of a wanker saying to myself, you know, you are enough, you are enough. That's like, that's just way too kind yeah. of um, LA for me. Yeah. But what I do say is, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is really the worst that can happen? And the other thing, and I think this was turning 40 as well, is, you know, I always go, well, you know, you, I just do the best. I know that I work hard and I know that I do the best that I can with the tools I have. And if people don't like it, who gives an F? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So this episode was about overcoming fear. What We've talked a lot about fear and how fear works into the world. But aside from the positive affirmations... What are some things you're doing day to day that are helping you overcome those fears? Or what are some fears that you've overcome that you're like, yeah, I got to the other side of that. So glad I did that. And when we're going to post this epi- episode of Miss Bossy Boots in the in the um, Facebook Miss Bossy Boots group. So if you haven't already joined that group, please do. Um, because now we've kind of got it going. We really want to get some conversation started in there as well. So please... Um, jump in the group and and give us your opinions and give us your experiences about fear um, and and tell us what you you think about what we've spoken about today. Yeah, but what about you, Jane? Tell us something that you've done in the last little while that you've just like hit it out of the park and overcome the fear. Um. Oh gosh. Well, that's put. Well, I'd say that like the the first thing that springs to mind is is the book is because I had a lot of fear of judgment there about how what people would would think of me and fear of oh this book won't be enough. Um, you know, who am I to write a book about marketing? There's a billion people who know much more than me. That's probably a really good example. But I think the probably the the. Pr- I think what's probably having the most effect is I'm actually stepping up into a much bigger arena and working with much bigger clients um, on my own into my own merit than I have ever worked with before. And I'm going into those client relationships really confidently and on my terms. You know, usually I would have just felt so (laughs) honoured To be considered by these these kind of bigger clients that I would have just probably bent over backwards to make sure that they were pleased with everything that I did. But now I go in and I'm confident with the job that I do and I go, do you know what? This I'm confident with the way that I run this process and this is how we're going to run it. And if you don't like that or if you don't agree with that, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, this is the way that I will absolutely guarantee you results. And that's been a, um, a big fear of mine overcome. Nice. I sent off an application yesterday and um, I changed my mind. Before I sent it, I changed my mindset around what I was sending. So I was pitching myself to a really big corporation that I normally wouldn't have the, you know, gumption to do. And instead of sending it, which I was about to, send it with a, well, hi, I'm just sending you this just because, um, and I'm in Australia, and hi, I'm just over here, and may- maybe you could possibly, 
um, probably consider this. I instead thought to myself, well, no, I actually think I could contribute to this. I do actually have the knowledge and the value to contribute. If you want it, great. If you don't, that's cool too. And I kind of changed the wording around what I was sending and then change, also kind of changed my mindset and changed the energy around it. And I know that sounds really woo-woo, but instead I kind of sent it off and went, yeah, here it is. This is me. If you like it, cool. If you don't, I'm cool with that too. And so I'm not, whereas I thought I would be kind of like waiting, hitting refresh on my inbox. I'm like, no, that's out there now. If they, if they want to hit me back, they'll hit me back. Mm. But yeah. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode about fear. Um, I know I, I always love to hear, again, you know, n- n- not that I love to hear that other people are fearful, but I, I love to hear that other people go through the same kind of insecurities that, that I do so I don't feel like such a <laughs> an anomaly. Um, anyway, we, we do want to hear from you, so please do contribute to the group on the topic. And we'll talk to you next time on Miss Bossy Boots. Thanks, Jane. And go you. You, you too. Go you. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 